All right, let's get started here. Uh, my name is Alan C. This is my podcast, Be Quiet, Grown Folks is Talking. Um, I'm not the smartest person in the world. I don't know everything, but I do know a lot of things. Um, this My podcast is about community things, education, and I, I do some sports segments. So I am fortunate right now um to have two gentlemen uh, to have uh uh two gentlemen with me that i've known for uh quite some time they're uh part of the queen's bridge uh how we say it, brotherhood y'all y'all call it a basketball brotherhood which i think is is a good uh, uh term uh, uh we have uh red bruin here and uh dj johnson red Bruin played for Syracuse and DJ played for Marquette. Um, I appreciate both of these brothers coming on and doing this cast. So, Red, you started off. Uh, introduce yourself. Talk about what you're doing and what you've been doing. And uh, yeah, just okay. Tell us, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. I was happy to come on with you tonight, Al. As you know, um, you know we're all from the same neighborhood and stuff. And uh, me, me and DJ have been friends since childhood, man. You know, like ninth and tenth graders in high school. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I've like literally ate dinner at his house, and he's been to my house. Um, I mean, we used to play together, travel together. Uh, we won tournament championships together, uh, along with Gene, who I hope will be on here a little later. So, um, brotherhood is the right name to call it. What we have. I, I I almost wish he would have came to Syracuse with us, but he went to Marquette. And, um, <laughs> you know, that's how it is. Everybody's got to do when it comes to basketball. Even though you know we consider ourselves brothers, we all had to do what we felt was best, you know, for our own individual careers and situation. Um, Gene, who I, like I said, who I hope comes on later, he was really instrumental in uh, introducing me to a lot of people in Queensbridge that helped uh, facilitate and. Uh, get my basketball game at a, at a different level as to where it was when coming up in Ravenswood. It just wasn't the same type of competition uh, as, as in Queensbridge. Um, we've got a documentary coming out, and uh, actually there's some trailers out now um, about all the great plays that came out of there. You know, it's it, it's a uh, Division One, Division Two, and Division Three's uh, heaven. I mean, just like on every block that you go to, you can name three, four, or five guys that had uh, college and or NBA uh, potential. Um, I mean, to that point, I don't know any major college coaches that you probably could say did not come to Queensbridge to scout the talent that we had playing out there and just our uh, block tournaments, you know, it it was just unbelievable. Um, And I think a lot of that happens as um, we kept it going as something that we, we recognized early and we would all come back and um, Hank Carter was instrumental in that, and as well as Free Center, because even though, I mean, we'd be at our individual high, high schools, you know, we would go to school all day, have basketball practice for a couple of hours, go home and eat dinner as fast as we could, and then run up to Free Center and play for another two or three hours. This is after having mm-hmm. basketball practice at our schools. I mean, that's how much we love the game, but that's how much respect we had for the type of competition the type of learning environment, the the respect that we have for knowing how we were going to get pushed 
to the limit playing against just some great players that were either current or had already played and came back or former NBA players, former Division One players, playground legends. That was the real deal. I mean, you just had a, a, a cesspool of everything there. And, um, you know, it was really it was just something really special. Uh, New York was really the mecca of basketball during that time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, DJ, uh, you, you know, tell tell people, the folks, what 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 you're up to, what you've been doing, and what you did, and uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my my story, um, well, red red hit it all on the head, um, and I don't want to. I don't want to um, overdo what he just did because um, I mean, or repeat what he just what he just said. But I was the youngest of the group. Um, I was a year behind. Well, I was two years behind Red and a year behind Jeannie and um, Vic and Vern and Ronnie Williams. So um, for me, you know, I'm from 10th Street in Queensbridge, 4007. and my block was the mecca of basketball. Um, <laughs> everybody came yeah. to play. When Absolutely. they came to Queensbridge, that's where the tournaments were, was on the dime block. And I grew up looking, watching everybody under the lights. You know, I mean, I was like a nine, 10 year old, even an eight year old. I used to watch Paul Means, Potts, you know, the old heads. You know, I grew up watching them under the lights in Queensbridge, and it was nothing better than you know, being an eight, nine-year-old being able to be outside, and it's dark, and, it's, and, the, and the block is packed. Everybody's enjoying themselves. Um, so, you know, for me, you know, it all started with CYO, um, and that's when I first time I started playing organized ball, and, and I owe all that to Ronnie Williams. He took me to my first tryout. Um, and then, you know, of course it was recenter, um, you know, Hank Carter. And then, you know, there's one thing that we have never really talked about or give recognition to is, um, Mr. DaCosta who ran, um, the night gym at PS 111. I mean, I got to give everything to him too, because I used to go to 111, even though I went there for elementary school, but I used to go there at night to, um, to work out, to play. And that's what that was. I don't mean to cut you off. Was that yeah. all the time? Was that always a thing at 111? Yeah, it, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, 111 was um when I um when I went to um when I was in junior high, I used to go to 111. You know, and it was always the older guys, so that's where I got to work out with older guys and everything when I was in junior high. Um Mr. DaCosta, he ran the gym. Mm-hmm. And um you know, and it, it was a really good thing because, you know, it was only two blocks from Queensbridge. You know, yeah. you just walk yeah. straight up and you right there. That long block, but it, it was, you know, and that's where Ravenswoods and, and um, Queensbridge came together to play ball. Right. So, um, you know, then, you know, from there, the one thing Red didn't mention that I will clarify, Red and I and Phil Smith went to high school together. We went to Monte Cristi. Mm-hmm. And I was a freshman. Red and Phil were um, juniors, and Vern Fleming was a sophomore. We were all at Monte Cristi together, and um, the first year we came together, we won city and state. Well, we won the city. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Catholic school um, championship. Public. We yeah. also won the city championship between Catholic and public because mm-hmm. that first year we beat Cardoza for the city championship. Mm-hmm. Second year, I left and went to St. John's Military Academy, um, and I was there with Ronnie Williams, who's another one from Queensbridge, and um, he played at and, Florida. He, yeah, he went to um, – yeah, he played at Florida. Ronnie's still Florida's all-time leading scorer, and he's he's the freshman all-time SEC leading scorer because he led the all-freshmen. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I saw that, yeah. So um, I hope very soon I hear that they, they are going to retire his number for University of Florida because his, his – I mean, we're talking 37 years – almost 40 years wait didn't, i thought they already did that no they have not retired his number um when he passed last year in november they they were talking about it so i guess it's in the oh, making okay. okay so um um so yeah hopefully that'll happen soon but he uh, he is recognized as their all-time leading scorer so ronnie and i was at um st john's together military academy in delafield wisconsin and then um, my senior year, I came back to Monte Cristi and finished in New York. But, you know, I think one of the most important things that Red said, because Red's from Ravenswood and, and I'm from Queensbridge, there was no difference but five blocks. But we yeah. still we still was family um, because during that time, there was only two major schools for you know, kids from Ravenswoods or Queensbridge to go to. Mm-hmm. And that was either L.I. or Monte Cristi. Yeah. And, and if you were really playing ball, it was only L.I. or Monte Cristi. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I later on in the show, I'll share how I got to Monte Cristi because Greg <laughs> played a huge part of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We wasn't going to let you get over to Long Island City, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, DJ, I want to uh, – Y'all, y'all have a a. Um, I just got a message from Eugene. He still be. He still seems to be. Yeah, he's still struggling, huh? I, I, um, I don't know what what to say or to do about that. But, yeah, he uh, got that fancy seems, phone. The phone. Yeah, fancy. it's the, he's he's still dealing with the phone. He probably needs to jump on a computer. But we're not going to worry about that right now. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to play a clip from your documentary. Now, um, one of y'all want to like introduce this clip? Go ahead, DJ. I'm gonna let you go ahead and do that, man. Sure. Um, so, um, Bob Cassidy um, is a sports writer for Newsday, um, and and I was asking him how did he think about coming up with featuring Queensbridge and um, and the basketball pro the basketball program like United Queens. How did he think about it? So, and this is from Bob. Bob Cassidy told me that his father used to be a sports writer for Newsday, and and his father used to cover Monte Cristi. Um, I don't know if you if it, if you remember, but Newsday started in the mid seventies, like seventy seven, something like that. It just came out. Yeah, kind of late. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and I think it was based out of Long Island or something. So mm-hmm. they did a lot of Queens. So they were covering us, his father, and he used to come with his father when he used to cover our games. Mm-hmm. So that was his interest there. And and Bob's pretty much Bob's pretty much around same age as us. So yeah. um 
You know, I think that's Phil trying to sneak in here. Yeah, he's in. Yeah, he's in. Uh, I, he doesn't have a picture. He needs to turn on his um Turn your video camera, on, Phil. His video on. I'm so, trying, um, trying, but it's not working. We can hear okay. you. All right. Well, that's that's cool. That's cool. We can work with, with just your voice. Um, I'm not I'm not electronically uh, literate. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that goes for a lot of us. You know, you would, if you was here on earlier, you see that what I just went through setting this up. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have thought that DJ. He always had the highest grades between all of us there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I was, I was in the writing and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> um, I don't mean to cut cut you off, but full disclosure, Phil. Uh, I don't know if you know, but you know we're we're related through uh, marriage. You know that, right? Uh, what's your name? I'm Alan Coles. <laughs> you, Alan C. Uh, my sister, my little sister is Tasha. Okay. All right. Yeah, so you're my nephew. She's with my exactly. nephew. Exactly. Your, your nephew and your and your niece is my right. nephew and niece also. So right. we're, we're related. I don't remember you that much. I knew of you. Um I tried to check out some of your games. It seemed like I, I could never catch your, one of your games, so I never saw you play. But I heard a whole lot about you. Heard a whole lot about you. All so, right. uh, uh, camera. <laughs> DJ, if you want to finish, if you want to finish. Okay. So, um, I forgot where I was. <laughs> you were talking about Bob Cassidy. Yeah, yeah, Bob, yeah, Bob Cassidy, right? So, so um, he thought about he wanted to do a documentary on Queensbridge and um and Long Island City and United Queens. So it was um you know so his whole focus was the Monte Christi, Jim Gatto, Red, Phil, they wanted Vern, myself. Um so um then it expanded, which worked out really well because it expanded to Genie L I C and the whole culture of Queensbridge, because like I said, there's only two schools, either Monte Christi or, right. or LIC. So it was either public or Catholic. Yeah, he um, really was a big fan of Monte Christi. He wanted to start out doing something just on, on Monte Christi and how we were all close right. and lived in the right. same area. But then the documentary kind of took a life of his own as he started talking about just how many great players came from Queensbridge. Right. Oh man, and, that's you, know, you started talking about you know, well, not just uh, DJ and 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 Phil and and Vern that were at my at, at Monte Christi that you also had Gene Waldron and and Vic's bro uh, Vern's brother Vic and mm -hmm. Ronnie Williams and then you want to start going back. You got Willie Sims and Larry Petty and right uh, Skip Jackson and I mean. Mm -hmm. uh, Andy Walker, Roy Andy Beekman. Walker, um, I heard there's even another dude. I don't know if he's from Tennessee that played. Uh, he played pro, from what I understand, and don't nobody seem to really know him or know about him. I heard somebody mention him, but I don't really. I'm not really. Um, Who, Sean Green? I don't know. That, see, see, I, Iowa, I don't know for the Sixers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, Sean Green and um well, you know, when, when you think of pros, when you say pros, you know, Vern is the one Vern and um and Ron Chess are the ones that did the longest stint. Mm -hmm. Then you gotta go with Andy and Sean Green. Okay. Um, those are the four from Queensbridge that made it to, mm -hmm. to the NBA. Mm -hmm. 
I believe I think with Bobby Knight. Yeah, yeah Vern is the only one that got a, a, a gold medal from the Olympics. Wow. I did, you know what? I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. You know, yeah. the funniest thing, we all was in the Olympic trials together. Mm-hmm. Really? For that 84 year. We were all mm-hmm. in the Olympic trials. Wow. So, um, you know, and, and you know, that that 84 team had two New Yorkers, Chris and Vern Fleming. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, Chris. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, so, that's you know, um, so, that yeah, there was a lot to, um, to cover. It, it, it was unimaginable for him to, to think of that until he started talking to us and we started throwing these names out and then realize, like red said it took a life to itself mm-hmm. and there was so many avenues to go he had no idea that it was going to grow like this i think yeah. it was almost like an investigation that started out and then the next thing you know that the whole building is involved <laughs> right you know? yeah right yeah one person right. so it just took off but it's going really good you know? well uh uh you know that's why i wanted to do this with with you because some of the documentaries I've seen about Queensbridge and and things like that, I feel like they only tell a very small part of the story. And I wanted to go deeper and try to tell the whole story and try to include everyone that played college basketball. I don't care if it was junior college or whatever, mm-hmm. and see their, their, their history, what high school they played for also. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so many. Like, like I, I, I was telling DJ, we was talking. I think me and you was talking, Red. It was like, if, from what I remember, it was like fifteen of y'all at one time that was playing Division One basketball mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. one area. Like, that's crazy. And mm-hmm. I include. Yeah. I that's just Queensbridge, and mm-hmm. I include mm-hmm. Ravenswood and that story mm-hmm. in with that. And I don't even know the people. Yeah, it's so many. You, you forget about guys like Rudy Wright and Wayne Wright. You know, this is so this is what guys. I'm saying. It, mm-hmm. And I wanted to explore all this. So this, I hope, is not just a one-time thing. I hope we're going to have these more of these conversations. But now I want to I want to run your clip. I want to run the clip, and uh, then we'll we'll talk some more afterwards. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes, sure. All right. Uh, Close in that group of guys. We just had a group of guys that just wanted to play basketball. We always, in the end, got back together.
And here we are 40 years later. We still have that close bond. Oh, that picture. <laughs> Remember that, huh, Phil? Yeah, yeah. Nah, I, no. yep. I never saw that picture till you posted it. Story, I, I think that team was unbeatable uh, when we when we all came to play. When that when that whole team came to play, we was just unbeatable. You know, we, we would have an answer on that, and, and I, it's very rarely that you play on a team like that. I stepped foot at Monte Cristi as a freshman. It, it just was a, a really wild ride. Everything blew up for me. These kids could really play. Practices was, were much harder than the games, and, 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 it wasn't, and, and it wasn't by accident. It was by design by Coach Gatto. He wanted it that way. They were unselfish. They, they would pass the ball. They, they didn't really care. They, they just wanted to win. They didn't care who scored. You learn from a very early age that the best player don't always win. Wow. You got to have a team. It takes a team to win. They all played together at early ages. By playing together at an early age, it helped, you know, helped us in the long run. We played in the city championship, LIC versus uh, Ala Stevenson. Everybody had picked Franklin to win. They had Gary Springer, Steve. They had a, they had a crew, and we beat them in the semis. Long Island City at that time had so many good ball players. There was a, a run there of like six, seven, seven years that so many good players yes. came out of there. LIC played Monte Cristi. And Vern went against his brother. Vic, and you couldn't tell the difference between them because they were twins. He beat us by about 15. That was, <laughs> it's funny because when we were going to play that game, we didn't talk to each other. It was no like, hey, we, we got crazy. a good quote. It was like, was it's a too. battle. It was no love between us then, but afterwards it was like, all right, y'all beat us. We couldn't stop that. <laughs> we just couldn't stop them. Yeah, I mean, he dunking all on us and looking at it. We just couldn't do nothing with him. <laughs> DJ was, I think, uh, the one that put us over, made us a championship team. Dwayne was like a man-child. He was about 6'6". Six, six. And he was so strong, a great rebounder, a, a good jump shot, but such a powerful player. He could probably play against anybody from 6'6 six, six to 6'10". Six, I mean, even as a freshman, he had a college body at, at, in the ninth grade. He was fearless. Always said what he was going to do, and he went out and did it on the court. There was no question about that. Jack Curran from Archbishop Malloy always said that he thought Dwayne was one of the best players he ever faced. Philip Smith was a tough kid from the projects. No to guard him. From foul line to foul line, he was so quick. I don't think there's anybody quicker from baseline with basketball in his hand. The only one that really would go out to try to stop him was Vern. He could go 100 miles an hour right, 100 miles an hour left. <laughs> this handle, it was like he had a yo-yo. It caused a lot of disruptions <laughs> on defense. Phil was fierce. Phil had a temper on him from junior high, high school. He feel ready to fight at the drop of a hat. Greatest <laughs> point shot I ever had in my life. I mean, and I'm going to say. Phil, you hear this, man? <laughs> Jeannie was, the, was a character. Gene was the one that uh, we take any fear that we had away from. We, I mean, we'd go to Michigan. We'd go to D.C. We'd go to Philly. And Gene would be in the locker room cracking jokes. I mean, he just kept the, the atmosphere so loose. Actually, Jeannie and I are from the same block. 
So we used to play on the on 10th Street together. But a really good, hard-working basketball player. But Jeannie was the guy that, that just made you laugh. Gene reminded me uh, like of a Kenny Anderson, a lefty, great handle, good shooter, a penetrator. He was a good ball player. He just made everything fun. He just made playing basketball, just going out there and having fun no matter what stage he was on. It'd be a championship game and Gene would be, you know, cracking jokes about the other players' sneakers or something like that, you know. <laughs> when you talk about Queensbridge, and the guy who really made it to the top, you, I think you would have to talk about Vernon Fleming. My first impression of Vernon Vick is I met them when I was 11 because we played at St. Rita's together. Vernon was the man. He had a skill set that was really tough to match. And I guess basketball was a gateway for them to get out. You got to see a different um, side of them. And then Vern, so smooth, 6'5" point guard. Vern just constantly moved without the ball. He was like poetry in motion. It was Vern that was magically losing his man and getting open and making him like I'm a great passer. Could penetrate, rebound. He's like some of those players that you watch and you just say I love the way he moves. It's just a great all-around player. Well me and Vic played high school together. We were beating people up on the regular. Vic worked hard. In my opinion I believe Vic was a pro. He just didn't get the opportunity. Big Ron, big Ron. Ronnie comes over and said he has next. So um, Ronnie goes get his five guys and they come back to the block and my team won. So we started playing um, and it was very competitive. And then after we finished playing, Ronnie says to me, um, St. Rita's is having tryouts tomorrow and I'll come get you. And, and I told him, I was like, you got to ask my mom. When Ronnie was coming up and DJ would come up, they were a little bit young with it, but you know, they were just as good. There was no question they were just as good. Ronnie recruited the whole team. He got everybody together. Those two were, I mean, there was times we had senior games and we was like, look, let's go find DJ and Ronnie. We need them. And Ronnie was <laughs> nothing but laughter. Ronnie will, Ronnie will have, I'll tell you, Ronnie will have you, your, your sides hurting for hours. And Ronnie was always the one that would come up with the ideas. So Ronnie, Ronnie got an idea uh, how we can win and how we could do this. But Ronnie always had the ideas. It was really it was it was hard for a lot of us when he passed. It was it was it was um, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was tough. That was tough. We were close. We we were close. After junior high, that's when I met Tony Ray Bruin. One day he comes to me and says, you should think about coming to Monte Cristi. And I was like, varsity in, in high school? I said, I'm not ready. You know, I'm telling myself this. And he's like, no. Red could change a game. He can jump out the gym. He had a 42-inch vertical jump. And then he took off. A heck of a basketball player. He protected the rim. And at 6'5", he would block a lot of shots. He was someone I looked up to. And the game would change when he would make one of those great dunks. He had confidence in me. Always it was encouraging. I went to Syracuse before because of Tony. I mean, I, can, I knew I can always count on Tony. You know, he, he took me under his wing, and I had not much respect for what he did for me 
when I first got to Syracuse. Red had the school record of 43 points. Okay, so we're playing Rice High School for the semifinals for the city championship at St. John's University. So we were up big. So I took, I, I took Red out of the game, but I left Vern in. And Vern really had a great game. So I said, Red, you have the school record. I said, uh, Vern is at that stage where he has 43 points. Do you want me to take him out because you have the school record? So he says, no, coach, it doesn't matter. He's such a good player. Let him get the record because if he doesn't get it this year, he'll get it next year when I graduate. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of person he was. To be able to play beside him was was any honor I can even imagine. Um, but he was a really, really good, he still is a good guy because Red and I are still in touch. We have a close friendship from the day he came to me. When I met him, he came to me and asked me about going to Monte Cristi. And here we are 40 years later. We always, in the end, got back together when there was like a, a something going on and, and we had to compete against maybe a, another community. The crew got back together. It was like, okay, let's go do this. We, we just had a, a group of guys that just wanted to play basketball, you know, and it was, a, it was a great way for us to keep our friendship together. And to this day, most of us all stay, stay friends. We were a close-knit group of guys. Um, for us to go from St. Seabrook to high school and playing against each other in college. No one put anyone down. We always pulled for each other. I tell people all the time, I would never change anything about my upbringing and those who I came in contact with from my neighborhood because the man that you see in front of you is because it took a village to raise me. guys that's uh, that's dope that is dope that is dope i i i look forward to uh seeing the the, the whole documentary yo that i i i like what that what he did with that it was thorough i was just getting ready to put up your stats and stuff too but he did it <laughs> he yeah did he did it for me. um and yo man Ronnie, man, Ronnie Williams. Um, I, I, I miss that brother. Um, he used to get me in a lot of clubs when I first started with the music business, and I was going around to the clubs and and doing stuff. And he was a bouncer, right? Yeah, man. He yeah. used to get me in Sue's. I was like celebrity when I would come to Sue's. Like yeah. Fat Joe and them would all be in there, and I would be right in there with them in the VIP. I would get in. I didn't wait on the line. I would get straight in. And uh, man, I was like a celebrity. Uh, I remember um, going there, and um, I had bodyguard uh, Tyson Bedford. 
And I had this this young girl because my sis, my sister was running Envy's uh, at the heyday of Envy's. My sister was running Envy's, so I used to get in Envy's the same way. I didn't have to wait online. I have to wait on when they had that Sunday party. I would get in it. As a matter of fact, I took I Jeff Blake that. and uh, the uh, the guy that was playing quarterback, the drunk that was playing quarterback for the Giants. I forget his name. I had I took him. Jeff Blake and uh what's that uh wide receiver for uh San Francisco? Um what's his name? What's the wide receiver, the best wide receiver San Francisco ever had? What's his name? Who what's the I, name that um Rice? Rice, Rice. I had Rice, I had Jeff Blake and, and that Hosletter, whatever his name was that was playing for the Giants at the time. He was an alcoholic. I took oh, all them I yeah. took all of them into envies you know and uh yeah and and like i said ronnie was part of my situation that got me into a lot of places um he's a good dude man he's a good real good dude never never seen a a, a frown on his face he's always laughing always smiling uh you know he just made you happy when you seen him you know or me anyway you know and, i think uh, ronnie are you still doing anything with music you know that was um that was one of Queensbridge Zone that had the music to that uh, trailer that we had. Q yeah, I see. I see. I yeah, see. He, he played I for see. me when I was coaching at uh, Schenectady Community College. So I see that he was trying to do his thing with the rap game. And we were looking for some music to add to the documentary. And I mentioned him to Bobby Cassidy. So now he's doing the music on the stuff. So what do you think about him? Oh, it's, it's dope. It's dope. Mm -hmm. I, like mm -hmm. I said, I like that whole, I, I didn't mention the music, but I like the music too. I thought that mm -hmm. whole thing was dope. Like, mm -hmm. like, like I said, I've seen other documentaries and I wasn't in, uh, about Queensbridge. I wasn't really impressed, but mm -hmm. that right there, I was impressed. Mm -hmm. I'm impressed. I can't wait to see the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, Phil. Yo. Julia, um, You want to say anything? You want to introduce yourself, talk about what you're doing, where you're at and what you're doing? Um, you know, Phil Tiny Smith, born in Brownsville, Brooklyn. You know, I got out to uh, the Queensbridge when I was about 13 years old. Um, and I didn't really meet any of these guys um, until I started playing, you know, going up to the recenter and, st and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, I was I was practically a, an unknown coming in. Mm -hmm. um, everybody else had probably played with each other and 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 knew of each other um i was kind of like the odd man out until they figured out that i could play a little bit <laughs> so that's why i wasn't aware of you like that you know i thought that was just me that i, I that i wasn't uh aware no because mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't get a i didn't get an invite from red to go to monte Cristo. But but Phil, Phil, how did you get to Monte Cristo, man? Share that story, please. You want to you want to hear that story? Yeah, I want to hear it because I never a, knew it. That's a funny one. So I um, so um, the coach up at LIC is is recruiting me out of out of uh, junior high school. That was Banks. That was Banks Floyd, <laughs> and he comes to my house and he's you know. He's, he's selling my mom a whole bunch of stuff, which is cool. And so I enroll in uh, at Long Island City. 
and I'm I'm probably a week in. We haven't started playing. We I haven't even been to the gym yet. And I get into an altercation with the uh, with with some of the security guards at over there. They were running that thing like a prison at that time. <laughs> rightfully so. Rightfully so. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Jeannie told you that or let anybody know about that. But yeah, it was a. It was a. It, it was kind of like Rikers over there. Wow. Um, so, and in the morning, you know, we before class, you know, you want to go get something to eat or whatever the case may be before the bell ring. So I see all these people leaving. So I get up to leave, and they tell me I can't leave. <laughs> I, can't, I can't go. I'm like, what? I'm like, like everybody else is going too. Why can't I go? <laughs> well, you're not worried about anybody else. We're worried about you right now. <laughs> I said, man, I'm going, you better get your hands off me, man. Crazy. So we scuffle and they hand me up in between the um the glass where they have the trophies and stuff, the showcase. They hand me up and then and then uh the crazy principal comes out. They call him. And you know, he's trying to put his hands on me, and, and that's not going to happen. So they call my mom, and my mom comes up there, and uh, she throws a fit. So I'm out of school um, for about a month. Wow. Uh, this is right before Christmas break. I'm out of school. So uh, I decided I'm not going back there. So they sent me to Newtown. Oh, I went there. Oh, okay. They sent Go me ahead. to Newtown, and... You know, I get there, so like I'm now I'm behind, and you know I'm going to these classes, and I have no idea what's going on. So, I see the coach in the in the lock. I mean, in the, in the hallway one day, and he asked me if I'm going out for the team, because I guess he knew I was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said uh, probably not, because I'm probably not going to be here much longer. So that was the last conversation I had with him, and then uh, Rob Johnson. Um, I was going to ask you about him. Go ahead. Yeah, Rob Johnson, um, you know, got with me. I guess he was talking to Gatto, knew of my situation, and uh, brought me up there, met Gatto. um, And I told Gatto, and this is the God's honest truth. I told him, I said, look, I'm looking at your gym. I'm looking up in the banner in the in the ceiling, and I don't see any banners up there for championships. I told him, I said, I'm bringing you two. That was my junior and senior year. I said, I'm a, before I leave, we're gonna have two up there. And damned if we didn't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's how I got. So that's how I got to Monte Cristi. Okay. But listen, you could you uh let's segue in because I was gonna ask, it's so funny you brought Rob up. I was gonna bring him up and get everybody's impression of him because it amazed me when he came up to me one day and told me I was playing where I was playing at and everything. I'm like, how the hell do you know that? I didn't tell nobody in Queensbridge that I was going to the University of Bridgeport, that I had walked onto the team and made the team. I hadn't told nobody that. And somehow or another, he knew because there was this young white boy that came from LIC the same time I came. And I guess that's evidently how he knew I was there. 
Uh, I forget the kid's name. They redshirted him because he wasn't strong enough. Uh, Was it Kevin O'Neill? It might be. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't re- really remember his name. All I know mm-hmm. is they redshirted him. That's what Rob was talking about. He used to love his jump shot. Kevin O'Neill. Kevin I think O'Neal. you know what I think. Red, I think you're right because yes. that was supposed to be his thing. He was supposed to be this great jump shooter yeah, yeah. and all that. He missed, but a, he missed the boat. He wasn't that. strong enough. He could <laughs> not bank. He could not bank. Like I didn't realize because I never played no organized basketball till I went there. I played one year for for um for uh Hank City League and didn't really play. I rode the bench. Uh, I had played. You know, it's so funny Phil talked about that thing about how school was because I went to a 600 school. I got I, my first high school I went to was Hillcrest. I got kicked out. I got busted with a bag of weed almost as soon as I got there and got kicked out of there. <laughs> then I went back to 600 school and then they sent me to Newtown. I came out the train station the year I was supposed to go to Newtown and looked across the street and seen all them white people in that school. I said, no, I'm not going here. Fuck that. And I never went back to school. I went and got GD. But the funny thing about it is I didn't know that about 600 school too, that you couldn't just leave when you want to. I almost went through the same thing you went through, Phil. I, I seen everybody leaves and I got up to leave. They're going to tell me I couldn't leave. And they had to lay hands on me too. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, nah, you leave when we tell you to leave and we got to escort you to the train station. I said, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And I, I, um, I never forget the teacher I had. He was, he, his name was Mr. Salter, and he was an ex-football player for the Bears. And he laid hands on me, wrote, uh, held me down, and everything until I calmed down. And me and him became best friends because I started playing sports because of him. And uh, but I never played no real organized sport. I never played in Queensbridge like that. Every time I played, it was outside too. It was in Brooklyn or somewhere, the Bronx or something like that. But um. Yeah. Um, so, so, Alan, I, you never played under the lights? You never played on nah, 10th Street? Nah, nah, never, never, never played on 10th Street. But I learned enough from Hank that one year I played for him that, that it allowed me to walk on to uh, the University of Bridgeport. I, I can't – oh, Marvin Wester was the coach. As a matter of fact, he ended up coaching a new bowl. And I never – Yeah, yeah, but that's like, right. We knew did go there. Yeah, yeah. Mook uh, uh, came after me, and I never got to play because this dude, I never played organized ball, so I didn't know, like, it was like a military thing, like a red, it's not, it's not, it's not a democracy, it's a dictatorship, and when the coach right. says you do what you do, this is what you do, you keep your mouth shut and you keep it moving. I didn't get that. I was like, um, somebody was telling me about all the problems that Skips had up at Wisconsin. I was like, yeah. Skip, I, I thought I, listen, I didn't understand. Nigga, you a walk-on. You ain't scholarship. <laughs> you ain't nobody from nowhere, so you don't get no props. I turned up late for a scrimmage, didn't get to play. I was mad. I asked them about it. They told me if I didn't like it, I could go home. I told them, yo, fuck y'all. I'm going home, which was dumb, which was dumb as shit, but that's what I did. But, um. Like I said, I, I I I watched all you know because of that. I watched all of y'all, and and as a matter of fact, watching y'all would made me try because I'm like um, two years ahead of y'all. Uh, I was at Bridgeport '77, '78. Yeah, so y'all yeah, y'all, y'all played till the '80s, right? Yeah, you two years ahead because I right. was in '79. Me and Ray, right. 
But I was, but I was watching y'all. Like I was getting inspiration from y'all to to even to even to even try that shit. And to this day, I don't even know how I talked myself into that school with a with a, a high school diploma. I had an equivalency mm -hmm. diploma and got into a university. I don't even. I can't even tell you how I pulled that shit off. But that's another story. That's that's my story. We're talking about your story now. Um, this is what I wanted to get into, and and I wanted to ask y'all because. I always saw a problem with the fact that when I went to school, I had to, I didn't have no scholarships, so I had to get a loan. I had to work in the gym. I had to work for the school and everything to pay my tuition. And at the time, University, uh, University of Bridge had, had one of the highest tuition. As a matter of fact, it was $5,000 a year for room and board to go to University of Bridgeport. And this was back in the 70s. This right. was back in the fucking 70s. And so I had to do a whole lot of machinations to get into school and to stay in the school. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't make it to that scrimmage on time. And I felt like they should have understood I didn't live on campus. I had to travel all the way from my, my, my cousin's house to get to the Bridgeport, you know, every day. And he should have took that into consideration, but he didn't. So that's, that is what it is. But what I wanted to ask, um, talk to y'all about is your experiences in college in, in in high school and the fact that y'all wasn't getting paid which i realized how bad that was with the fab five when i watched what the fab fives went when i uh weber what weber went through watching all them make all that money off him while he was there and he was broke and he had to take money under the table and and they made a big deal out of it when he turned pro and i'm like i i never understood what made them think that shit is right and now they kind of changing it around where they allowing <laughs> these kids to sell their likeness, their uh, what is it, likeness? Yeah, nil, uh, nil, yeah, nil. And I think name, they should have been name, doing name, that years ago. But name, what, image, what, likeness. There you go. There you go. But what what I want to know is how do y'all feel y'all were treated uh, when y'all was in school, like when y'all went to college, then y'all went. I mean, when y'all was in high school, and then when y'all went to college. Do you feel like y'all was treated extra special, that y'all got a lot of uh, uh, perks and a lot of leeway to do things, or that wasn't the case? Anybody let can me, chime in. Who wants to go first let, on that Let question? me start first, because Red and Phil, they're, they're, theirs is like off the charts. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> the, the one that's talking. So, so to answer your question, for me personally, you know, because of the, what you said is the NIL, Phil? Yeah, name, image, you know, and likeness. Right. So our, our, you know, generational mentality is different. Um, so with us, man, we just love to play the game. We mm. were honored to have to be recognized um, as student athletes and to be honored to be offered. Because back then, it was an honor to be offered a scholarship to a Division yeah. One. It was Absolutely. an honor. Um, the same way it was an honor to represent the United States in the Olympics. Mm. Now, it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's different generations. But for me, coming out of Monte Cristi, well, coming out of St. John's Military Academy and also St. John's, I mean, um, coming out of Monte Cristi, it, um, it was all the same because, you know, because when I got to Monte Cristi, I – started playing with the gauchos i didn't play with united queens you played with gauchos i was a gaucho yeah you okay. know and the funniest thing is that i've met 
Lou Dalmeida and Mike at that at the Marcinia. Um, what's that? What was that Christmas tournament we played Morrison, Ray? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Game. Yeah, we're, we're Phil messed up and we lost. Well, well, I got thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> Phil going to pick a fight with the biggest guy or the Morris team. And, you know, at that time, Morris was number one. So we was we was killing him. And then um, we lost to them by like one or two um, and um, and lost to them. So at the end of the game, you know, Lou Dalmeida and them come up to me and ask me, do I want to come play with the Gauchos? I'm like, you got to ask my moms. But, you know, the long story <laughs> short, man, is that when, when I got with the Gauchos, that's when I started seeing the world, literally. So when going to Division One basketball, I'm seeing places, you know, it's like almost like playing professionally. Mm-hmm. Now you're seeing all the major cities. So when you get out of school and you talk about the, was there perks – yeah, there's perks. You get in clubs free. You're able to go to the local sandwich shop, get some sandwiches and all of that. They feeding you, things like that. I mean, but nothing outrageous. But, yeah, you was treated as a celebrity, I think. All right, Red, I'm waiting to hear Somebody your story. <laughs> I think it was worse than I getting in that mess, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think that – um. You know, I wish that they had then what they have today with the NIL. I mean, I, I probably could have made millions doing that. And, I mean, I don't know if there's no recourse to go back and uh, do anything about it. It's just the way things were with the NCAA. They, they I mean, they had such a a, uh, a hold over everything now. You know, they still they do. Have they the, still do. Well, the sneaker companies are the ones that have the power now, um, you know, believe it or not, because, I mean um, – even back in the day where you'd go to like a five-star camp or Eastern Invitational and it'd be 300 college coaches sitting around watching your games and even your practices, uh, the sneaker companies uh, have kind of pretty much shut that down. And, and mm-hmm. now you got to go to the elite uh, sneaker tournaments right. uh, from the AU, either through Adidas or Nike and a little mm-hmm. bit of crumbs that's left. The NCAA is taking that for themselves. You got to go to uh, tournaments that's NCAA sanctioned. So, um, it's, it's kind of a different world in the basketball thing now, but it's, 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 it's really the big sneaker companies that are running things. Okay. Okay. Phil, you got anything you like to say about that subject? Well, I, just, I mean, I just piggyback on, on what they said. I mean, pretty much, um, you are treated as a, you know, as a celebrity, uh, they recruit you to get out there. Um, they show you around. They do all of this kind of stuff, but uh, it, it's you have to work for your stuff, though. I mean, right? You you can't. It, it's it's just not. It's just not guaranteed that you're going to continue to get these gifts. And a lot of people don't don't realize that when they say, "Oh, you got a full ride to college," that that's a year to year thing. Yeah, it's not, it's mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Years. It's not mm-hmm. four years, so they can get rid of you anytime Whatever they, they want. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, so. Um, you know, I got threatened with that a, a, a few times because I talked to some people. Um, well, I used to talk to, um, uh, what's his face at, uh, Vegas, at, um, the coach at Vegas. Tartania, Tartania. Yeah, yeah. I used to talk to him all the time because, um, you know, Red and, and, uh, Sid Green, 
you know, used to be around him all the time and I'd be yeah. around him and we'd do some some tournaments in the summer and stuff like that. So I knew him, he knew me. And, you know, I talked to him before games and stuff like that. And everybody thought that I was transferring, you know, because I was talking <laughs> I was talking to Luke, to, um, to Tarkanian. <clears throat> that was my team, running Rebs. I always loved the running Rebs. Yeah, they, we, we used to have some good games. We had home and homes against them. Yeah. Um, when I first when I first started, but uh, getting back on 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 that, um, yeah, I mean, the, like Red said, the sneaker companies are are pretty much um, in control of who goes where and what coaches get who and 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 all of this kind of stuff. Really? I mean, they they are really that deep in it. Man, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, it's all it's all about brands right now. They, mm, they, yeah. don't, they don't care. They don't care about anything else. It's about your brand. It's, I mean, it's, it's like it's like um, you know LeBron James Jr. Mm-hmm. You know he just signed. Yeah. You know a deal. Yeah. Um, <coughs> you know and he's gonna be making. Not that he needs it, but he's mm-hmm. gonna be making millions of dollars. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's 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 not about it's not about what you know. A lot of times it's about who about you know. Who you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what's really interesting to me, and, and, and I'm glad y'all brought this up because I, I think that when we played, you know, the sneakers sponsored the team. You know, yeah. now when now and, and, and I saw this when I um the last few years that you know whatever team the sneaker brand sponsors they sponsor a tournament and they bring all these teams across from the country to play in a national tournament and it's not the same like how it used to be because like you know you won't see you know a team that wear adidas playing a team that wear nikes like in college and high school you will but not in the aau circuit no which is confusing to me because i think that kind of took the power away from the organizations yeah. and also you know, the sneaker companies tell you what tournaments to even to play in now. Right. right. And, and you know, and I think that's giving sneaker companies too much power. They yeah. they, they didn't deserve that's what it that. Sounds like that's what it sounds like. Because their sneakers would not be anything if it wasn't for us spending our money on it. Yeah. That's first and foremost. Um yeah. and you know, and if you know you didn't see guys like LeBron or Jordan, you know, and you know I like how Jordans look, but I never played in Jordan because there was no support. You can't you know? play. Oh, work. Yeah, I, I, I was never nice a big though. Jordan fan. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 uh, I started when Nice first came out when I was playing, and I liked them from the very beginning. And it was so funny when I went to Bridgeport; that was the sneaker they was wearing. So I automatically got a pair, you know, a pair of those sneakers. But yeah, um, I what y'all telling me is a revelation to me. I didn't know. I know that the sneaker game and the shoe game is a big thing. I mean, that's what almost made uh, Kanye a billionaire. But uh, I didn't know they they was exerting that kind of control on on the on on, on the basketball. But but the, thing that's basketball. Uh, but the thing that's killing it now though is that nil though. That's the yeah. thing. You yeah. Know what I'm now now these these players can get paid off of their name, off of their images, and off of their likenesses when back in the day we couldn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? So these colleges are these colleges were, I mean, the coach would get paid for for wearing Adidas. 
And right. so the whole team had to wear Adidas. Yeah. Now that, that's what that was supposed to be our perk, the right to wear the sneakers. <laughs> you know, that was our pay, I guess. Yeah, that was our pay because we'll get everything. We used to get the tracks. We used to get the basketball. Well, listen, well, listen. Coach in the university getting a couple of million. <laughs> listen, let me let me let me let me ask this. Y'all, you don't have to really ask this, answer this question because I know it's kind of a touchy situation, but it's part of that and part of the reason why I asked that question. Were y'all offered a lot any money and 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 stuff? You know, I know you have the perks, but were you actually? Offer material things or, or cash money? Yep. What <laughs> <laughs> sure was? Uh, All right, yeah, that's I, keeping I it care, real. I hey, I don't care what nobody say, man. If, if they say they ain't get nothing, nobody offered them nothing. They full of it. I, I, I right off the thank you, thank you. you know I, I, mean? well, I, you know what, yeah. Phil? That's why they developed the fifth. I take the fifth. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? In my Donald Trump voice, I was, I was never, I was never one to take the fifth. I was never one to take the fifth. I hear you. That's it. And but yeah, I mean, back, it, it, happens, it happens all over the place, man. It, it happens everywhere. So yeah. if somebody says that they haven't, I mean, it's, it's come on. Seriously. Well, I brought up uh, what well, you brought up, Rob, and I brought him up too, and. What exactly was his job? What was he exactly doing? I have an idea. You know, you know, I have you know an what? idea. Huh? You know who he was? He was Tommy before Tommy. Yeah. Okay. That's who he was. Okay. He was. He was. <laughs> he was Tommy before Tommy because nobody knew exactly what he did. Susan. <laughs> like, Can oh, you talking about my man yeah, from uh, yeah, uh, Martin? Uh, Martin. Yeah. That was, <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Hey, um, Phil, I'm going to just say this. You you gave him a huge compliment because Tom, Tom was was the man. <laughs> right? Tom was the man, but, you know. It was um, just an analysis. This Rob, was Rob was the man to them coaches, too. No, no, yeah. Rob was the man. No, like no I question. Said, he could get know. information. He could go places. Like, like I said, I was amazed. I seen him in the project, and then I seen him at Bridgeport, too. And I was amazed, like, 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 nigga, how do you even know I'm here? Like, mm. how do you, how'd you know that? But uh, he was the man at, at one point. Yeah, and he knew people. He knew plenty of people. Yeah. All right, let me ask you another question because I was surprised at somebody else I talked to about doing this uh, podcast, and they didn't really have a whole lot of good things to say about Hank Carter and I know Hank had his particular ways and he didn't particularly F with you if you hung out with certain people or you was you know you were doing certain things he would definitely stay away from you uh he kind of would prejudge people I know that about him but like I said the one year I played for him I learned a lot from him I'm gonna uh, plead the fifth right <laughs> Again, you now you now you won't plead the fifth. Yeah, well, I'm gonna speak on. It. I, I love Hank Carter to death, man. He did a lot for me, and he did a lot for my family. So I can only go by the interaction that we had. You know, matter of fact, I had a conversation with him last week for the first time in years uh, because he helped a friend of mine, uh, well, actually a family member out, and uh, he's also helping my sister 
who caught a uh, a late case of muscular dystrophy with a motorized wheelchair. So I got nothing but love okay. for Hank. I can't, I can't okay. even, you know, I, I can't say nothing. Yeah, when it comes to that wheelchair, mm -hmm. that that type of thing, you can't uh, mess with him. With that mm -hmm. wheel, he, we came up with that wheelchair classic, and what he did with that, I think, is phenomenal. It's tremendous. Uh, I remember going to them games, and uh, I remember I used to uh, go there just to see Tiny. Tiny used to, to to attend them games. He would sit way back up in the bleachers, yep. and I would go up there and talk to him. And uh, you talk Archibald, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and I got to got to know him. And I seen you play. You know that, like I watched, like I said, I I, I watched all of you, and um, I just was surprised when this this individual, you know, felt the way he felt about Hank because I I I knew, like I said, I knew Hank was had his ways, but mm -hmm. when it came down to it, I think he's part of the reason why all of y'all, why the, the, the basketball uh, um, situation in Queensbridge was what it, what it was. Am I, am I wrong? Didn't he contribute to a lot of players that came up out of there? Wasn't he ca a catalyst for, you know, a lot of things? I, I would say this, I, and, and this is um, my, my experience with Hank. I met Hank through my father, um, and I because I used to watch them play up in Reed Center in the in the evenings because my dad also played ball too. Um, but when I got with CYO and I started, and then I played with United Queens. Um, that's where Hank United Queens was Hank's baby, and yeah. and he was really my first coach, but he was too animated. I mean, he used to be, you know, he's, he used to get elevated. Yeah. So then that's when he brought Lou Gons in, which made things a lot easier. Where things got a little different with Hank and I is the day that Red came to me and asked me about Monte Christie. And I don't know if, Red, if you're familiar with this, with this story or situation, or if I ever shared it with you, I don't recall. But Hank was supposed to help me with my tuition my freshman year to Monte okay. Cristo. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? No, I wasn't aware of that. Okay. So when I decided to do Monte Cristo and he offered to do that for me, mm -hmm. I go to him and ask him, I'm playing varsity next year mm -hmm. at Monte Cristo. As you know, I want to play with the juniors and seniors. And I'll still play midgets, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I want to play senior. Mm -hmm. He told me no. So, you know, I felt that he was holding me back. He was not mm -hmm. helping me prepare for the next level because mm -hmm. I'm going from junior high right. to high school. And and mm -hmm. I'm not talking about I'm going to play freshman ball or var JV. I'm going to play varsity. varsity right. so, and, and I wanted the experience playing with older guys. Mm -hmm. And to me, Hank would help me, was holding me back. So I, that was my... I didn't need to say I didn't play that year with that summer with, with United Queens. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that was my only thing. And Hank and I didn't talk for about two years until mm -hmm. my junior year. He comes and asks me to play for um in the wheelchair classic. Okay. So that it was I you know ended up playing with the gauchos, so but you know that was none of that stuff. Oh yeah, there. but you see, but the gauchos came while I was at Monte Christie. The gauchos mm -hmm. came that that fall, you know, right. like because we played in that Christmas tournament. So the Gauchos mm -hmm. came in December. Right, so right. it was that summer 
and all up until we started at Monte Cristi that, you know, you know, because in the summertime I played at Montebello and I was playing citywide with a team in Queens in, in Jamaica. Um, Ronnie put me onto the team. Ronnie and I was playing with the team and um, and I did play seniors. That's how I was prepared for when we when I went to Monte Cristi. But besides that, Hank's always been a straight up guy. I, I you know, I think we all had um, brushes with him or incidents. I think we all had at one point, but I think that because of our love for the sport and for our neighborhood, we do come together. But I will say this, I never played with United Queens again okay. after that. I got you know, because I was always Broncos. I always played against you guys, but I never played with y'all no more. It's all, it's all love. I've got two little ones I got to get ready to put to bed, so I may be having to leave you guys pretty soon. All right, well, one more question because we're over, over time. I really don't like to have these go that long because I know people's attention spans ain't, ain't <laughs> worth the shit, so I try not to go, and we're over an hour now. Mm -hmm. So just one more question before you leave, Red. Why do you think, what do you think was the reason why there was so many of y'all coming out when y'all came out? And why is the situation so thin now in Queensbridge? Like, I, there's really no bad, the only kid I know coming out of Queensbridge right now is that Rodriguez kid. Mm -hmm. He's playing Gauchos. I think he's yeah, playing Gauchos. I heard. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's pretty good. And I've been watching him. And he, mm -hmm. but he seems to be the only one other than this. Of a girl, the girl. I don't really girl know who mom. she is. I don't really yeah. know all about her, but I've been hearing about her. But I think she's from Vernon, forty yeah. side of Vernon. Why is there so little talent coming out of Queensbridge now? What is it? What was the difference for y'all to what's going on now? No, that's, that's well, a tough what? question, and, and I, I, I asked a lot of people that. I think me and DJ and Jeannie had even talked about that amongst ourselves, mm. trying to figure that one out. I don't know if it's a proliferation of a lot of people now going to prep schools, um, video games, technology. Yeah. Um, mm. It's, I mean, some of the guys that would actually be outside playing, you know, that would shovel the basketball court to get the snow out the way yeah. to go play. Now they were in the house playing, you know, NBA 2K or something. So I, I don't know if it's got a lot to do with technology. It, it, I, I, it, it's, it's perplexing to me. I really don't have that answer. I think you hit it on the head, Red, because it is technology. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the kids today, you know, so they're not, they nowhere near or doing what we did. You mm -hmm. had to kick us off the court. I mean, yeah. we, if the weather permits, even if it was raining, we out there shooting yeah, or, yeah, you know, yeah. if, if it's too cold and we could take it indoors. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, it's the passion is not there. Yeah. The, the want is there, but the passion is not it, there. Even the difference in the way that we go outside. Remember, DJ, once we ate and everything, we would, our moms would just tell us, you better right. be in the house by, by the time them lights come on at night. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Today, you got to shove them outside. They don't want yeah. to yeah. Right. 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 And you know, and and, and it's, it's socialization, and that's mm -hmm. the you know, that that is a lack of now. Mm -hmm. It's a lack of for the kids today because they isolate. They mm -hmm. sit in front of the screen, um, and they got their thumbs up, and they just doing this. They got these seventy-five inch TVs, and they just yeah, 
Yeah. I, I, think, I think also I think also is is they don't they don't they have not been able to see the world uh, mm -hmm. outside of Queensbridge. Yeah. Mm. Um, a lot of people don't get to travel. Yeah. You know, lucky, luckily for us, we got we had we had the opportunity to be able to go to different mm. cities. Yeah. Um, Travel. We had Elmcore, Riverside, Gauchos. I mean, you played with right. yeah, man. You we didn't have that. You know, we didn't have that technology. We, mm -hmm. I mean, we we were we were trying to get out of the house before mom yeah. got up. Yeah, you know, no that, that type of thing. You know what I'm saying? But now, like you said, Red, you know, they just want to hang out in the house and and, yeah. and play on the on the big screen. Yeah. But we we were different. We wanted to play on the big screen, but we wanted yeah. to be on the other side of exactly. that. Picture. Exactly. You know what I'm saying so. Our our thought process was just a little bit different than everybody else's. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, we might have to have a part two to this because you know. No, we 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 will. We will. And um, yeah, I know I'm how to get on those. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but we want to see you, Tane. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it fixed. I'm going to get the wife to fix it for me. So All right. We're, we're going to do – we're going to definitely do – as long as y'all willing, I'm willing. Um, like I said, I want to go into some more some more issues, and I want to talk to some more people, uh, as many as I possibly can. So that being said, yo, I appreciate y'all guys, man. I really, <laughs> really, truly appreciate that y'all did oh, yeah. this. Man. Yeah, you one of us, man. You know we're gonna be there for you, man. Yo, man, thanks. You know, uh, uh um, thank you for that. And uh Especially right. family, you family yes. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll do this again. Uh um, we'll do this again, man. And y'all brothers right. be safe, man. And yeah. I have mad love for y'all, good love. And uh, we're definitely going to do this again. So, yeah, thank that you, said, man. Uh, your info on my right. email. Hey, Phil, no it was good to hear from you. Next time, I definitely need to see you, man. I miss you. I ain't seen you in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tried to call you, Red, but you're a busy dude. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm saying? Busy. I'm not that busy. I can't, I can't believe I, I was like, I tell them my people, I was like, man, I played with that dude right there, the one that jumps out the building. <laughs> I used to throw lobs to that cat. You know what I'm saying? Pinpoint lobs. Nobody <laughs> shoots the best lobs like you. <laughs> Don't let Jeannie hear that. <laughs> he got he got me he got me to college. <laughs> yo, you college. know what? It's so good good to see that y'all are still in, in contact with each other, man. And, oh, absolutely. and just from this little talk, I see y'all still, y'all enjoyed each other mm -hmm. and y'all still enjoyed them. That's a beautiful thing. Oh, no thing. doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So All look, right. y'all take it easy. Everybody be safe, man. Be All safe, right, man. Alan, you take care. Right. Phil, I'll be in touch, man. I'll see right. you, bro. Hey, Al, send me your information. I will, I will, I will. Right. So we keep in touch. No doubt. All right. Y'all be safe. I'm All in right. I'm out.